Hey folks, welcome back to the Grad Life Podcast. This week's episode is brought to you by PwC. Uh, PwC are a partner of Grad Life and they've got a whole host of options available for students of all stages. So no matter what year in college you're in, if you head over to www.pwc.ie forward slash student, you'll see all the programs they have there and there'll almost definitely be something there to take your fancy and to progress you towards being a more employable grad. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Hey guys, welcome back to the Grad Life Podcast. Today, we're very lucky to have with us Sean Finn, who is both a Risk Assurance uh, Services Associate in PwC and is also studying for his ACA exams and is also uh, a Limerick hurler. So Sean, thank you so much for, uh, for taking the time. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for having me. Delighted to be on. So um, we're going to pick it up with you in, uh, in college. So you went to UL and you did a Bachelor's in Insurance and Risk Management. Uh, I'm, I'm sure that does exactly what it says on the tin. What made you want to get into that? Yeah, it's very broad. I suppose come out, I suppose come out of school initially, I didn't really have a, a, an idea of what I wanted to do. And I suppose the perception of business studies within UL was that it was a broad course. It would give you exposure to a lot of areas, and then you could then identify an area that you were maybe interested in that bit more. So I went a lot down the line of risk management and insurance preferred that as opposed to the accountancy element of things and really enjoyed it and got exposure to, to risk modules across a wide variety from general insurance to obviously risk insurance that I'm doing now. But I think about a college then and obviously had a lot of that risk management stuff in my, in my back and I've done a bit of job work in different areas, but I still couldn't find an area that I was quite interested in. So when the opportunity came up with PwC, with the risk assurance services, which was in line with the course I had done, I jumped at that opportunity. But at the same time, I wasn't that interested in accountancy and I wasn't, to be honest, I wasn't quite good at it. So then when the ACA exams and this, I suppose you have to do them as part of your course, that was a challenge um, in that I knew myself, I wasn't too confident in doing those sorts of exams um, and how would that fare out then with obviously the busy work schedule and I suppose the GA schedule that I'm involved in as well. So that was a challenge that I had to consider before I really actually took on the job. But look, I've heard great things about PwC. I know for sure now that those are very true in that there's plenty of support for the ACA exams. Um, and from a guy who can obviously say that I wasn't good at accountancy um, or any of that kind of area, I've really kind of applied myself and the support is there for you to excel in that, you know. So yeah. um, that's where I am now, um, really enjoying my time, really enjoying the department I'm in. Obviously, there's challenges where you don't really know what you're doing at times, but there's plenty of support there. You're surrounded by some great people. So, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm really happy to where I am at the moment. Nice. So to zoom in on a couple of things, to zoom in on that college course, uh, what what are most people from that course going on to do? Are they doing risk assessment in like trading floors for investment banks or are they going on to be um, what's it called actuarial or are they doing any of that stuff? Like what's the kind of array of, of courses or paths you see people go down? Well, I actually see a lot of people Mark, going down the lines of general insurance, just a brokerage, right. it'll be up in Dublin. Again, you can course go into actuary, um, which is obviously very difficult and very challenging. But I see a lot of people going down general insurance where there's commercial house motor. Um, and I actually haven't seen many go down risk assurance, to be quite honest, from the my buddies I'm talking. A couple of them went down the, the route of recruitment, which is way off risk management. 
and some then decided to go teaching, which is uh, a job that maybe we should all consider. At some yeah. point. <laughs> well, they did, did their own risk assessments and figured yeah. it out. Yeah. Interesting. Which, okay. And then, yeah. so people will hear that course and they'll, they'll kind of, they'll have a good grasp of it then. And then when they hear about your job as in risk assurance, what does that mean? Because you've got, we, we know that you've got the auditors going in and assuming they'd point out, look, guys, you've got a huge risk over here, or is that a totally separate, separate division that looks at the books that the auditors go through and then you assess it for risk? Like, How does that work, or how do they interrelate? I suppose the, a lot of exposure that I've got over the last couple, or I suppose 12, 16 months, was IT risk assurance. So we're working in line with the financial audit team. We're looking at controls uh, within the audit, um, their ERP system, access management, change management, and if there's risks that are identified, then we communicate those then to the financial audit team, which might have to change their procedures in terms of test and um, audit procedures. From there. But, um, I, that's the only kind of department I, and exporter I've got to. I'm sure there's vast range of, I suppose, areas in risk assurance that you can expose to, but at the moment, they're the really, that's the real area I've got to at the moment. Okay, you've you've made a dangerous mistake there. You've awoken the nerd in me. So when okay. you have, when you have uh, if you're doing kind of risk assurance for this sort of thing, I work in the world of software, right? So we, are you looking at, I'm trying to sell software from a small company into a big company, and you're saying, no, no, I've done due diligence on that vendor, and they're too risky. They've had these experiences in the past, or this is their insurance. Uh, if, if things went wrong, if data got breached, uh, the insurance wouldn't be able to cover. Is that the kind of stuff you're doing, or what well, is it? It's more of like we're looking at your ERP system within a company, okay? And we're looking at who has access to, I mean, journals, who has access to create journals on their ERP system, which yeah. again would impact the financial data that the financial audit team would be would be relying on as part of their audit. So, mm -hmm. looking at that part of it, we're looking at change management. Who can make changes to their system? Um, yeah. Of course, if you're making changes within a system, that can alter the data that, again, the financial audit team are relying on as part of their audit. Um, again, if there's any program development that they're doing, we're looking at that. Then if there's interfaces between two different systems, is the information transferring correctly and adequately from one to another? Um, again, you're looking at, I suppose, the sole focus is that the data is reliable, it's accurate, um, because, again, that's forms part of the audit that's been carried yeah. up with financial auditing, yeah. So we had, um, we had Laura McGettigan on here a couple of weeks ago, and she really yeah. surprised me by how much data work she was doing. She was doing a lot mm. of SQL, she was even learning some other tools and uh, working with, say, uh, like, I don't know, Tableau and these sorts of things. Are you doing the same stuff? Is yours kind of data heavy, or, or what does it look like day-to-day -day and skills-wise? Yeah, I suppose it depends what department you're in within risk assurance. I know data, data analytics would do quite a lot of that. I know PwC are pushing out this big initiative, the Digital Academy, at the moment. And it's, right. it's up to the individual, really, to go after that and really look at, and try upskill yourself in that area. I've probably been poor, to be quite honest, over the last three to six months, considering the exams and how busy we were. But... I do intend, obviously, in the summer to really upskill in that area because you can see the power of it in, like, Alterex and, and Tableau mm. um, and the benefits. Okay, the first year might take quite a long time to get used to, but you can see the value in it as you go down the line um, to make our work more efficient, more effective, and more transparent for, for our clients. 
Yeah, so like uh, I was literally talking to friends and colleagues about it afterwards. I was saying like, yeah, oh, very interesting. She's using the tools. Like it's it's really good that they have that they're upskilling you guys oh, for sure. And and again, it's down to the there's plenty of opportunities there for for employees or staff of of PwC to actually expose themselves. And it's 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 ultimately up to the person to actually go away and look to upskill and look to develop their skills in that area. Of course, if they're it's all well and good that they're there. But you have to go out and, and look to you yeah. as well, you know. Yeah, and then another thing you mentioned really caught my ear was the idea of change management because, like, change is happening. The rate of change is faster than ever now, and there's more change going on. And companies need probably change management more urgently than they ever have. Mm. What's it like working in that? Like, what, what, to what extent, you know, how high up does the change management that you're doing go in terms of strategy or how the company set up, or you know, what does it look like for you? I suppose from a day-to-day basis, as part of our role, we're looking at change at the systems. But when you look at a big change that we, all businesses have seen over the last 12, 16 months was mm-hmm. working from home. Um, that, that's a huge change. It was mm-hmm. always, I suppose, a topic that, Jeannie, you're working from home, you were nearly considered to be Dawson. And that trust element wasn't there, but you can see it to me now that it really does work. Um, and it, the trust is given to the person that they are working uh, at home and doing the doing the work that they need to be doing, then it works both ways. Like the employee is happy if they're working from home, it works for the for the company. Then all well and good. But that's a big change that a lot of people and a lot of companies have to deal with over the last couple of couple of months. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can see now PwC are really pushing that in- initiative, the flexible working scheme over the next couple of years. I can definitely see that graduates coming out of college are going to look at companies that are going to allow and promote that flexible working mm. in comparison to those that aren't and going to be strictly nine to five. Because um, that can fit into your daily routine of, okay, look, I'm going to, it suits me better to work seven to two or seven to four. It suits my team. I'm going to do that because I have training later in the evening. And it certainly suits me. I haven't had to use it now at the moment, um, but I can definitely see down the line if you have a match or press session of a Wednesday, and you need to be there at four o'clock. You can just have a discussion with your manager where you start that bit earlier, finish that, and finish that bit earlier. And you're, again, free to go to training and at the same time having plenty of, of work done, you know? Yeah. But that's a, that's a, a great change I can see happening over the next couple of years. It's interesting. So um, that's a pretty smooth segue into the, into the hurling life and like the, 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 the double life that you're leaving. Uh, like, you know, you got a second job, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, like I'd say it is because. As everyone says, like you're, it's a, you're pro athletes without getting paid for it, essentially. So you do have to hold out another job. Like, what is that like? That must be so so hard to do. Yeah, look, it's like any athlete that are trained at that level. A lot of their focus, if not all of their focus, is going to be on preparing themselves for the next training session, next match. So a lot of the time, it's going to be on recovery. So even the days you're not training, you're doing something to be in better place for the following training. So. I suppose to balance that with work can be difficult at times, but with PwC, there's huge support for any sport and activity that staff have. Um, it doesn't have to be sports. You can see Laura, I know, has, has a business set up um, in the last couple of months, getting huge support from PwC and, and really successful. So I suppose you can work in tandem together, okay, there's challenges in it, but this flexible working initiative, of course, is going to help. And then it allows you, you're happier in work, you're happier training. Yeah. And then I suppose you tie in the exams as well. 
that can be difficult whether you exams, sport and work. But again, BWC provides plenty of support. Um, and then it's up to the, the individual to apply themselves, be disciplined, um, be regimented in, in, in what they're doing. And I find that really good. I like to structure the, I suppose, work and then training. Um, but yeah, no, I think it, 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 the support is there. It's just about yeah. the individual then to be disciplined to make sure that they're actually doing what they're meant to be doing. But it's, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it must be incredible. Like, what what does your daily routine look like? You're probably up really early doing training, then coming back, maybe doing some study, then work. Then, like, what what does it look like? Yeah, I suppose ideally, yeah. Look, it's, since the new year, I've really focused on trying to get up that bit earlier, considering that the schedule is so tight. So, of course, I try to nail that daily routine or the morning routine. Um, so begin study that bit earlier, maybe seven, half seven, or even go for a walk before I start. I wouldn't be a guy to sit down for consecutive hours. I'd have to study for 40 minutes, take 20 minutes off, mm. do 50 minutes. So do good bursts. Um, and I'd finish up at around four, half four. And t- then typically most students at the moment are training or doing some sort of training. Um, so that would then be from, I suppose, five, half five to, to eight or nine o'clock. Um, and that would be the same kind of routine if I was working. I'd get up that bit earlier, go for a walk, work till five o'clock, and then train in the evening. But um, once you've structured like that, you know, and you know you've the support of, of the company you're working for, it helps an awful amount where you can reach out to your manager. If there is a day where you have to go at four o'clock, you can have that discussion. You know, it's yeah. very, very open now, and the trust is there, which is, which is really important. So, um, yeah, that's my daily routine. Nothing special, but it's quite hectic. It's the consistency of it that I think is the most kind of impressive or remarkable. Like, it's a hard thing to to manage yourself like that. Um, oh, yeah. And, like, to be honest, I, I'm not staying every morning and getting up at 7 o'clock either. There's mornings when I would have to sleep in because you're fatigued yeah. and you're tired and the motivation might be there. So I'm not the special individual who's who has it all figured out. So, yeah, there is times where you're going to be tired and you mightn't get, you mightn't get too much study done you might be poor training, you might be down. So it's just getting that balance right, accepting, okay, just tired. days I'm going to be tired, days I'm going to be down, or I'm not going to be as efficient and productive as I want to be, but you can't be killing yourself over those either. I'm not. Yeah. I can be, I can be sleep, I'm, I'm victim, or I'm guilty of sleeping in quite a bit. So uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the difficulty is actually uh, being disciplined and regimented in what you're doing. That's what people need to hear. Like, yeah, yeah, if, sure. If you do a 18 out of 20 of the days or whatever it is, like that's you, a lot of people would take something up and say, oh, they do, they give up sugar, then they have a bit of sugar a week in, and ah, no, forget the whole thing, I've fallen off. Whereas, like, it's allowing those little things and getting back, I think, is a key kind of skill or trait. Do you have any suggestions to what people? Because whether they're trying to just take care of their own fitness or they have uh, a family or they they. You know, call it a side hustle of any kind, whether it's mm. family, sport, fitness, any effort, a business. What uh, do you have any resource or advice uh, for people to go off and read this, listen to this, watch this? Uh, on that, I suppose, yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, are two things really, Mark. I actually found in recent months getting up early in the morning has done me so well, um, both my mental health and just productivity mm. in that. Getting up that bit earlier, it's difficult. It's, it's not like I'm jumping out of bed every morning and saying, whoa, I can't wait for the day. It's difficult, you know, on those days where you, 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 you will sleep in and stuff. But I found the days I do get up that bit earlier, whether it's 7 o'clock and go for a walk, um, 
they're the days that I've been quite productive over there. Yeah. Um, I definitely know that, and it's something that I've really, since the new year, tried to do. Um, reading, I read quite a bit, uh, read a lot, actually, uh, a lot about psychology and sports, psychology in particular. But um, a really interesting book that I read, and, and you asked me what one of my favorite books would be, would be The Happiness Hypothesis by John Hayes. It's, it's, it's quite similar to the book, um, you might have heard of The Chimp Paradox. Yeah, yeah. Where there's this chimp running in your head. I suppose he, he has a metaphor between the rider and an elephant. So there's your emotional thinking and your rational thinking. And trying to close the gap between those and not letting your emotional thinking um, overpower, I suppose, your your opinions and your thoughts and stuff. So it's a really, really interesting book. And I've read that two or three times because um, there's different things that you do pick up on. Um, and going back highlighting things and, and every time you do read it there's a, there's a small message there that you can take from but uh, yeah I do two things and I, I definitely think the getting up in the morning that routine has really really helped me over the last couple of months yeah it's huge so yeah. you, you said there at the start that you're like by all accounts probably not that academic or the exam side of things didn't suit you that well but then you've gone into a career that is quite exam heavy and probably from the outside in looks academic. So that's one fact we have. And then the other fact we have is that you've gotten extremely good at managing yourself and your time and your energy and just kind of getting the most out of yourself. How do you think the latter assisted with the former there? Because you're going to have a lot of people listening to this who probably relate to the first thing and they think, I'm not that academic, I can't do this. But here you are doing it and doing it really well. On, you know, through the lens of self-management, what, what would you advise to those people? Uh, yeah, it's, it's yeah. a good one in that in college, okay, I got exposure to counselling and stuff, but I never really applied myself to it. So then I, I was like, do you know what? I'm actually not that good at it. I don't really like it. I'm not that good at it because I didn't apply myself to it. And then, say, come into PwC, I'd know what a choice, but so, okay, focus on accounting, focus on orders and work, tax. And the more I began to work on it, the better I got at it, the more confident I became and the more I enjoyed it. So it wasn't okay, I wasn't academic. It was just I, looking back now, I didn't really apply myself in college yeah. to actually to, to like it and, and to be good at it. I just accepted that I wasn't good at it. Um, and then, obviously, when I was forced to do so and I applied myself right, I, I'm beginning to, to improve and begin to enjoy it. But, um, yeah, that's, that's what it was. And, and there is, it's very easy. There's going to be a lot of people listening that are going to be involved in GAA. They're going to be in jobs, rugby, sports, music, um, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Are setting up their small business like Laura has done. That takes a lot of time, but there's plenty of time to do it. You know, like there's the support from PwC. You can look at yourself too and the discipline that you're going to, to apply. Um, and again, I go back to that morning routine. Get up two hours earlier, you can see the power it has. You know, you can get your couple of bits done in the morning, focus on work, and if you train in the evening, um, just plenty of time to do it. You just kind of have to look at yourself as well and say, look, what can I do better here that allow me to fit in training or fit in music or or that small side hustle as you mentioned? Yeah, I I have found over the years that the three kind of biggest uh, barriers to productivity are for me anyway. Alcohol, if you just give up drinking, you become like, it multiplies you so many times. Uh, TV, if you just get, if you just stop watching TV or ban yourself from TV during the week, time just becomes multiplies as well. Yeah. It's huge. And then going to bed, or, so obviously getting up early is one thing, but then going to bed early to allow that to facilitate. Oh, yeah. 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 And, and, and we all know, and we're all guilty of it, of 
standing through the phone there, whether it be Instagram or Twitter, and I'm I'm guilty of that as well. And that can tire you out as well, Mark. And you probably know it yourself when you're kind of going through your phone there and an hour pass, and you'd actually be tired from going through it. Yeah, totally, totally. And it can be quite difficult. I can see times, any time I've kind of not doing anything, I can automatically see my hand go into my, my into my pocket, look up for my phone just to block that two minutes space of not doing anything. So yeah. the phone is, I suppose, an important one. And alcohol, yeah. I suppose I'm lucky and unlucky in, in one sense to not be able to socialize considering we're so busy with the GA, but I can definitely see the impact of alcohol, even not the following day. It can carry on for a couple of days if if you've had a, a, a fair couple of beers. So Yeah, oh, especially as you get older. I've got a few years on you. It gets worse, I can tell you. Um, it's funny. I deleted Instagram just before Christmas, and one of the guys literally asked me yesterday, yeah. said, what do you do with your phone now? And I was like, to be honest, if you look at it, all of my time is either on uh, Bloomberg, like kind of reading about business, yeah, yeah, yeah. more productive. And or my most popular app is actually Revolut because I'm always looking at the crypto market. Yeah, very like. good. And yeah. so like you've taken time off Instagram and put it into like investing and trying to get better at that. It's such a massively like more useful use of time. Yeah, there's yeah, value in that too. Like back in, in that you're looking at something that could stand to you, whereas there's a much value in, in going through Instagram for an hour when you're just looking at pictures <laughs> and you're a blogger or one of these, there might be that might be your business model or something. But I can yeah, you're substituting one from the other, but the substitute you're bringing in, there's value in it. I, I know I've talked to a buddy of mine, he has downloaded or paid a subscription to the Irish Times and he reads a lot of that. And that is yeah. valuable too, you know. Just, and, and Twitter, that's obviously can, can be toxic at times. So just eliminating that, and it's good for your mind as well. You probably notice it. Like it's good for your your head. Just park all that. Um, if you do notice that that stuff is bothering you, yeah. and you're kind of comparing yourself to other people, um, and being hard on yourself. Okay, I'm not being being productive enough. I see this person doing X, Y, and Z, and I'm not doing that. Very easy to compare yourself to those, even though you might be doing very, very well, especially in these times. Mm. So getting rid of those. Um, just probably realizing what's good for you and what's bad for you and what can influence your emotions and your thoughts. Um, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, I must, I must consider. I might do it actually after this, Mark. No, it's just, a good thing. I just did it. I just decided, you know what, take it. I'm going to just go and delete it. I got rid of it. I know it's a big thing. Just to your point there, I think one of the key skills in people's 20s is to like, kind of find their own spine or backbone to the extent that they're happy to do these things or to... Mm. To, you know, to give up drinking. If, that, if you're just like, this is actually a problem for me, I'm just going to get rid of it. And just get around and feel okay doing that or uh, not going on Instagram, or say going on Instagram and rather than feeling bad about themselves because they don't look like someone else, feeling okay about themselves. That's like, that's like a muscle that you develop, I think, in your 20s. That's uh, pretty important for people to get there. Yeah, it's, it's another interesting one. I actually read a couple of books on that sort of stuff. Um, can't quote the book now because there's so many of them. But... Uh, yeah, it's a matter of just training your mind, isn't it? Um, it's huge. Do those things. But you can see, like I'm saying to you there, fair play for deleting Instagram. And I know it's good. I know it's the right thing to do. But at the same time, I haven't done it. Yeah. Uh, so, like, I think we're very well aware of what's good. Like, I think we can all say, and most people can say, look, going through your phone is bad and it's, it's not good for you. It's not good for your head. But probably 90% of us know or don't, haven't deleted it yet. Um, yeah. Just kind of caught up in it, you know. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's just important to make decisions that's right for you as well. I think 
you mentioned about um I suppose things that I would would live by or, or stand by. There isn't a particular quote that I would be, but it's just important to make decisions that are right for you at a particular time and to consider, come to stage to consider yourself in decisions you're making rather than trying to impress your buddies or or um or your colleagues. Just whatever is good for you, begin to do that. If you recognise that, okay, do you know what? I'm feeling bad after a couple of days of drinking. Comes a time there, I must stop that. Um, yeah, and and if even exercise is quite important nowadays. Uh, even go for a walk. It's so important. To, it's very easy to sit down in your house and put your feet up and say, "I go now tomorrow." Just get out. Just make that initial step out. Go for a walk. You feel so much better for it. Um, but yeah, it's I suppose these tough times. It's, it's important to look after yourself and, and make decisions that are good for you. You know. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, like I just couldn't agree more. I'm not even gonna add anything yeah. to it. It's it's so important. Just a bit of self, what they call self compassion or whatever it is. So yeah. I usually have three three quick fires at the end, but you've got an answer to them halfway through. <laughs> you built them in. So the last one then is before we go, what's the best piece uh, piece of advice you've been given? I I I it's funny one like uh, I haven't been given too much advice, but my father used to always tell me that look, do your best and that'll be enough. And that was from a young age, and that probably applied to GA, but it applied to exams when there was exams I was doing, and mm-hmm. he trusted that I would, if I'd done my best, it would see me through. And, and it has so far, um, thankfully. Just do your best, and that'll be enough. If it isn't, don't be too hard on yourself. It might, it might be for you. But yeah. I suppose going back to another question that you, you, asked, you, you asked me about um, do you think that you stand by these rules? I've actually, over the last couple of months, and a lot of people will probably relate to it. It's just enjoying those small things that we're doing. I absolutely, I could drive two hours to get a cup of coffee, a nice cup of coffee and drive home. Just those small things that we took for granted, probably pre-COVID, um, enjoying those things. Relay back to the Hurling, for instance, All-Ireland Final Day, 85,000 people there. It's hard to enjoy those things considering there's so much pressure. You put pressure on yourself, there's external pressure to win. Um, and you don't want the fear of losing as well and the disappointment of that. So I've slowly, I suppose, consciously tried to enjoy things that bit more, um, both in work as well. Just days pre-COVID where we would have went to work and we were dreading it. Now I can't wait to go in and meet a couple of friends and go for lunch with them. So just enjoying these small things um, I've consciously tried to do, over the, I suppose, over the last couple of months and as I go forward, both in sport and work and just life outside in general, you know, these small yeah. things. Just enjoy them, you know. Don't be too hard on yourself. Um, yeah, I agree. And that's that's just constantly reminding yourself to look. You need to remind yourself it just doesn't happen. It's not like it's a apparition there one one day that I'm going to enjoy everything. Just have to keep reminding yourself. Don't be too hard on yourself, and just try and enjoy the small things that you're doing and, and the small wins you get on a daily basis. I agree. Um, yeah. Chris, do you play golf at all? I bought a set of golf clubs there during the week. I played this. Okay. I'm terrible, Mark. I'm used well, to. Yeah, I, I bought a nice set of golf clubs. I told my buddy, I said, look, there's a budget there. Make me look good. Give me a nice <laughs> pair of shoes. <laughs> and a, and a set of golf clubs in a bag. And no one will see me out in the second hole. So yeah. I'll I, I, I begin over the next couple of months. I look the best golfer, but I might be the worst one there. I'll stay away from the Limerick Roads for a few months. Um, I, the reason I bring it up is what you're saying there. This, I have this metaphor with golf. It took me ages to learn this as a kid that... If you want to hit the ball really far, you actually swing more gently and you just make better contact with it. Whereas if you swing, throw your life at it and try to belt it, you'll like mishit it or whatever. 
it's such a metaphor for what you're saying there. Just kind of like relax a bit, slow down, allow yourself yeah. to enjoy the little things, and things will actually go much better for you. I think. Uh, yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. And and it, I suppose the big lesson we have, suppose from the beginning of the, of the COVID situation, we were all saying, "I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. I'm going to learn the guitar. I'm going to learn how to swim, do a, a 10k in under 40 minutes." So we all had these goals, but as the months went on, we began yeah. to sit back a bit and, and I suppose just survive at times. But some people can be hard on themselves and say, I've done nothing over the last couple of months, but you've done so well. Like you've been so productive. You've, you've seen, I suppose, survive the last 16 months, um, albeit it was tough. So I suppose just taking a step back, acknowledge the small wins you have on a daily basis, acknowledge mm. the things like going for a cup of coffee, going for a walk with your buddy, I suppose the chats you have with your family and stuff. They're small things that I have probably took for granted pre-COVID and I'm really trying to remind myself to enjoy these different things and these small, maybe some could say insignificant, but to me, I think it's just important to, to enjoy them. Totally. There's one other thing that you said, is just in the quote you had about like, do your best, that's all you can do or whatever it was around that. It's such a simple idea, but you had a huge thing in your life with the uh, exams because you thought you weren't academic. Oh yeah, and you look yeah. back and you're like, I, I didn't actually do my best there, and so it's such a good way to keep yourself accountable. And oh yeah, you can ask yourself, well, did I really give it everything there? And if I did, I'm right, I'm not academic, but I actually didn't, and that yeah. nearly puts you off a whole course through. Oh, for sure, positive. Yeah, and you can see like grad, graduates coming out of college might default to saying, Joas, I'm not good at that. Accountancy isn't for me. Freshman service isn't for me. Mm. But if they look at themselves, they mightn't have applied themselves to allow them to actually excel in that career. Um, so it's not that you're not good at this. Maybe you just didn't apply yourself to allow you to be good at it, you know. And that was yeah. definitely the case for me. I defaulted to saying, you know what, I'm not good at accountancy. It's not for me because I didn't actually focus on it and allow me to actually delve deeper into it. And then when I actually done the, the exams, I worked hard, of course. Um, but then you begin to know, you begin to realize that, you know what, I can do this if I actually put myself towards it, if I throw myself into it, apply myself right, be disciplined in what I'm doing, you can do it, you know, mm. just giving yourself the opportunity. And then if you can't, if, you're, if it's not for you and you've given everything, you can safely and confidently look back and say, look, that wasn't for me. I, I tried my best. It's just not for me. So um, that was definitely for me, when I come out of college, I initially, I defaulted to that. I defaulted yeah. to that for me. And then I, I suppose it's just, I'd have to back that up now and, and, and finish off these, these exams. No well, I don't doubt you. Sean Finn, thank you very much. That was really, really enjoyable. And I think informative for a lot of people as well. And go easy with those golf clubs.